the way up and you know what it is it's another wednesday with your boys on the faction that's right and i'm not by myself i have the valedictorian the founder but also this week the birthday boy mr gb how are you hey man i am still very much uh on a birthday high um just because you know birthdays are just good days they're just good days so you know what you're always a, a, a great celebrator of birthdays now i don't know if i should give you the credit or if i should give one yanni credit for being the celebrator you know she um she has always done a really good job of uh just taking time to celebrate me which i appreciate and i've had to try to get to a space where i'm okay with it um you understand this one of the one of the things that happens when you um are in a space where you're a creator particularly if you are an entrepreneur or you're a leader um rarely do you get the opportunity to be celebrated and right and you're so used to celebrating others that the opportunity to celebrate you almost uh, feels weird and it doesn't happen very often and I think we kind of condition ourselves to that so that we don't get used to the concept of it so oh, yeah. um, you know so it was it was good I mean social media I'm still catching up um, and personally you know I know some people are like you know you shouldn't try to answer all of them it's too many but for me I feel like if people take the time out of their day to even just write a line happy birthday I, it's all of what 13 letters and i know yeah you know and it's funny because i know that facebook sent the reminder and you know but just because it sent the reminder didn't mean that you had to hey, actually that, do doesn't it. mean they have to you know what i mean so for me i i do my best to acknowledge it if i can't put a comment on everybody i'm gonna hit a like or something so that you know that i've seen it and that i'm aware of it so thank you to everybody um from the faction from all of the varying spaces that i get an opportunity to be a part of um, who were kind enough yesterday and it can continue you know like you don't have to stop uh, you can feel free to celebrate in all the many ways that you might so thanks so much appreciate it I tell you what I love birthday weekends on social media uh, you know I think is the ultimate way in 2019 of displaying your love you want to know what's not the ultimate way you people who write HBD you people who write HBD on my post, you can just go far, far away. If all you can write is HBD, don't waste my time. Yeah. It shows me you don't care enough to take three seconds and write happy birthday. All you HBDers can go far away. That's really funny, but I, I get it. I mean, I, I'll tell you this. I do feel like I'm more obligated to respond with more of a you know more than a thank you if you have written more or if we have some degree of relationship um because if we're honest like everybody who's on your social media page isn't somebody who you know personally they follow right. you for you know for a, a variety of reasons you know in our case it could be because of wrestling because of music because of you know church related things it could be a number of things inspiration whatever so you know and it's funny because birthday times for people um is one of those times where you get to kind of see okay what kind of relationship do i have with these people how do i know 
these people. And I have to um, I have to credit my mom for a hot second because my mom, b- before there was ever a Facebook, there was my mom who seemingly uh, knew everybody's birthday and had a card uh. for them or had some sort of greeting uh, that she would always give long before Facebook. So I, I definitely feel like I inherited that from her and trying to care for people's birthdays. Can you imagine her on social media? She would have been the birthday queen and mother so of the ball. It's it's actually funny because she, um, I remember when she got an email address, and it was oh. just kind of like, wait a minute, what is this? You know? Yeah. And she actually had a couple of times uh, where she tuned in to the station and was in the chat room. And, like, I almost didn't know what to do with myself. I was like, oh, my gosh, you know? Like, are you kidding me? You know? So right. it was, it was, you were talking about fun times. Those were really, really fun times. And, uh, yeah, her, her, she, she, it's funny. One would think she'd be a natural on social media, but she, because she's certainly social enough. But right. she's also old-fashioned. So, yeah. like, that whole, the whole technology, like, perfect example she would ask me to send her pictures of uh you know of of jordan or of all that t- and i'm like mom i can email them to you like, right but wants the tangible one absolutely so it, that that's kind of a, Dude, I remember yeah. when first, first came on social media uh i think she came up just to spy on my my nieces and nephews her grandkids oh wow because give her information about their life so now my mom has become like the fbi wow. she calls me and tells me did you see such and such because i'm you know i'm not on on facebook as much as i used to be yeah. but why do i need to be when she's up there spying on the world Listen, our parents and grandparents serve as a pearl from 227. They're just sitting out on that Facebook stoop, and they're just looking and telling us everything that's happening. It's pretty amazing. Man, that's that. That's the absolute truth. Uh, Brandon Clack, who uh, recently launched his own podcast called Game Changer, at some point is scheduled to be on this show to defend these uh, allegations against Vinnie Mac. You scathing allegations against Vinnie Mac. Yeah, I, I, I want to get into all things Brandon Clack as soon as he gets here because he's had quite a bit going on. So we'll get into all of the clackisms that have been happening over the last couple of weeks um but how have you been man how's your week been man i feel like i'm on a roller coaster ride just win after win things are going so well i love it uh, i really feel like gb i'm getting into my bag as i'm approaching 2020 okay. I feel like 2019 was a great time for me to rest reimagine re-understand some things 2020 is just gonna be it and i'm excited about it all listen guys if you haven't started dreaming of 2020 yet you're behind yeah 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 i i I, it's funny i i'm imagining that there will be a lot of uh new year's eve uh watch night uh sermons or talks that talk about 2020 vision and that type of thing but i genuinely believe that though like i really yeah this this coming year is going to be kind of a a year of clarity and a year where we'll really kind of nail some things. So I really kind of want to hit the ball running. And uh, for me, my birthday's kind of felt like a reboot of sorts. 
you know. I can see that. But you've done the work, though, GB. Uh, You know, GB, you make the quietest moves of anybody on social media. Wow. So you have been putting in the work of this reboot. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm really – I'm really pumped for some things, and I'm not big on announcements until it's time. So, uh, I know that's right. Yeah, when it's time, it'll it'll be something. And my hope is that people who have followed me over time, you know, that if and when I make an announcement, it is uh, announcement worthy. So, uh, yeah. it is announcement worthy. Well, listen, if you guys have been missing our broadcast, you've been missing quite a bit. You know, a lot happens from week to week here on The Faction. And uh, on Friday, we dropped a great episode, uh, which, of course, I only think of, you know, I try to think of clever names for things. And I forgot this one until today when I was getting ready to upload the the episode for um, our quick hits with, yes, we did a quick hits on a Wednesday kind of your pre-show oh, uh, yeah. type of thing so hope you guys check that out but friday we launched a great episode with gary lamb who is the uh general manager and founder of southern honor wrestling uh they just had their one year show they've got a brand new show coming up this friday which i'll be at front and center so i'm looking forward to that but it was a great episode so i hope you guys will check it out now i wish i had renamed it and maybe i will i guess it's not too late to do it i should now call it now behold the lamb that just would make a whole lot of sense so sorry i didn't do that sooner anyway catch all those shows wherever it is that you get your podcasts uh you don't just have to subscribe here at bonerfiedradio.com but rather subscribe to the faction show uh, on any of the places where you get your uh, podcast, you can check it out. All right, with that said, there's so much to get into for today's show. Courtney, let them know what's going on for today's show. Welcome to episode 188 of The Faction right here on Bonafide Radio. We will definitely discuss a friend of the show, Mr. ACH slash Jordan Miles in everything WWE, Finn Balor as a heel. What's some of the best heel turns you remember? Also, the AEW Tag Team Tournament Finals, they're upon us. We'll discuss Raw and Crown Jewel that's coming up. But before we do, hey, rest in peace, John Witherspoon. He came to collect Leo Rush's theme song by CFO. You're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That is radio the way it's supposed to be. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the man with the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby.
you catch me sleeping on him Welcome back to the faction. This is Courtney. That was I came to collect Leo Rush's theme song, GB. Let's get the news. All right. Well, before we hop into the news, the uh, third member of the faction, he is the current faction champion, and he's got a lot going on. So uh, we want to officially welcome him, uh, Brandon the Champ Clack, or should I say, Brandon the Game Changer Clack. How are you, sir? Man, I'm doing good. I think both have great rings to them. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it's just good to be champion. Yeah. What it does is, GB, I think things are in proper alignment. Okay. Courtney beneath me where he belongs, <laughs> and me as the champion of all things faction. So it, it just feels good, and uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Excellent. And you've had a very busy time. You've had a lot going on. Let's see if I can chronicle all of this. Of course, we know you've got a, another member to the Clack Clan on the way. Oof. Yeah. You've got uh, a new book. Yeah. You've got now a new podcast. Yeah. And now you're pastoring two churches. 
<laughs> I mean, it's like everything is in twos. Who needs you. Becky two belts when you can be Brandon two churches? Pretty much. <laughs> Clack two church. I like that. I like that. Is so I like that, man. Well, before we jump in, man, tell, give people a, a quick synopsis of the podcast and of the book yeah. and how they can find it. Absolutely. Uh, the book is called Say It Again. And it's basically a bunch of my quotes that I've had through just coffee shop conversations or maybe I'm in the pulpit preaching or maybe I was on the phone or something that I just jotted down that I thought could be helpful. And uh, that's on one side of the page. And then on the next side of the page, it's uh, a space where you can write down how applicable the book is to you. And uh, the reason why it's called Say It Again is because I think we have too many one-time conversations and that's not sticking enough. And so this is the book that actually talks back to you. Wow. And so it says it again. And then uh, we've got a podcast out now called The Game Changer. And it's really just a bunch of interviews and uh, a a lot of clack attacks. You know, honestly, GB, if I'm very honest, I have to tell the truth. I would not have any clue on how to do this if it were not for you. Wow. And uh, me and Courtney were talking about it. And as we were trying to fumble through, we were going through our old GB notes. Wow. And uh, and so we, we got some intro music and I almost Which said, and after the break, you know, <laughs> this, this is Leo Rush. You yeah. know, I, I, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> wow. And, and so, you know, a, a lot of the organic conversations that we had, it's come from uh, over 150 plus episodes here on The Faction. So shout out to The Faction. Wow. Not only bringing everybody wrestling news, but grooming people for other things as well. So I love it. Yeah, that's really how it came to be a part. I love it. It's pretty cool. So you guys uh, make sure you check out the book. Now, how can they get their hands on the book? You can just go to uh, uh, BrandonClack.com okay. and the uh, book is there. Or if I'm ever in a city where you're close by, you come just pulling out of my hand. Nice. Nice. And I'm selling four out of my trunk here in San Antonio. <laughs> Wait, what? Why, why would you? I got four to... of them. I'm selling. And also, I'm coming out with a book, too, because I got a gap. It's called Spray It Again. It's every conversation you've ever had with me and I spit on you. Spray it again. Yeah. That is so disrespectful. Oh, my gosh. So... Definitely make sure you check out the book, BrandonClack.com. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Just uh, type in Game Changer, and uh, you can check out the podcast that way. And it's interesting because um, Courtney is actually doing some interviews on there with Clack, which is cool. Clack is doing some interviews with some really cool people on there as well, and they've set it up where you can literally binge season one. So you can just put it in. Let it play, and uh, all sorts of cool things will happen there. So check it out. It's a quality podcast, fantastic stuff. Uh, definitely shout out to you. So I wanted to make sure we gave you that moment clack uh, here Thank on you. The Faction. Absolutely, absolutely. So now we got to jump into some interesting news, uh, and and I can't even wait on this. I touched on this very briefly during our quick hits this morning, as I told you we would. But um, a lot of news is circulating about a friend of the faction, Jordan Miles, a.k.a. ACH, a.k.a. Albert Hardy, who uh, on Sunday took to social media to speak out about some merchandise that was created for him. The merchandise uh, was a T-shirt that was created um, back when really 
NXT moved to USA. So middle of September. It uh, has his name, Jordan Miles, but it is in the form of a smile on top of a black shirt, which uh, suddenly this week he came out and felt as though it was um, a a racist situation. And um, he had quite a bit to stay. And all of this started uh, with a tweet where he was really just saying like, hey, listen, I'm not going to be quiet until everybody hears um, what is going on in this scenario. And um, it started with uh, they'll regret making this. And uh, it just kind of ballooned from there into something that turned into something bigger. He talked about this. He said, I will keep posting this until my voice is heard. I'm not sorry for anything I say and do. Representation is important. And if this is Vince McMahon and Triple H's vision of me, then this is a slap in the face to every African-American performer, fan, and supporter. Um, He then went on to ask people in support to uh, change their... um, social media profile avatar to black and white um he's using the shirt he said as fuel he has talked quite a bit over the last few days on social media uh he lashed out at um at uh jay lethal from ring of honor um he's had a lot to say and for those uh, wwe actually came back with a statement that said that uh, all of their wrestlers, including Jordan Miles, uh, approved their T-shirts and approved the merchandise before it ever hits the market. Um, in fact, the T-shirt itself sold zero copies. So there's that. But then on top of that, uh, Jordan produced uh, an email which kind of alluded to the fact that perhaps um, he was not informed of uh, changes that were made to the shirt, etc., etc. It has been a crazy few days on social media. And then from there, uh, he went on to Instagram because yesterday he was kind of silent on Twitter, but uh, he made uh, several statements on Instagram. And one of them on Instagram uh, was a pretty powerful statement, and I'll read some of it. It says, quote, my tweets yesterday were completely disrespectful and were unprofessional. I have offended a ton of people and used anger to fuel me. With that being said, I'd like to take this time to uh, state and apologize for not giving a bleep about what others think of me. The anger I have inside of me has been built up for years now. Call me what you want. But you'll never, ever be able to call me fake. I've been lied to, used, and often mistreated by others who I viewed as associates. I've tiptoed around, kept quiet, even took some L's when necessary. Emotionally charged up due to the shirt, which triggered past emotions. I'm never going to be sorry for being me, nor will I take back my words. I am the best professional wrestler in the world and universe today. My ribs are touching and I'm tired of waiting. Time to snatch plates from those that have been eating far too long and always get seconds while guys like myself have to eat crumbs from the floor like an unwanted child. He had a lot more to say. He is back on Twitter uh, as we speak. A lot of people have had a lot of things to say and uh, we 
can't exactly avoid this topic. So um, I want to ask firstly what we think of this entire scenario. I mean, do you believe that he was aware that this was the T-shirt design or that he was unaware that this was the T-shirt design? And um, is really all of this about a T-shirt? Courtney, you want to stab this first or you want me to? No, no, no. Not ready yet. Man, I'm really torn because I'm looking at the T-shirt right now and it's pretty bad. It is bad. This T-shirt, this T-shirt is bad. Um, but I wish. Oh, I, where's John Murray when we need him? <laughs> oh, gosh, I I wish somebody was in ACH's ear before he went public. Yeah, I'm not saying to taper down his convictions or his cry for injustice. Every person is entitled to that. But I just wish somebody could have walked him through how to vent your heart and not come across, oh, GP, this is tough. Not come across a little wishy-washy. Yeah. The apology at the end almost decimates the strong points you made in the beginning. Oh, I hate to even say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon Clack, you'll understand this. One of the toughest jobs I've had in life is being a journalist on this podcast. Yeah, I agree. Because of what I said yes to, because of what we said yes to, we're forced to cover topics that we are much closer to than others And we understand that every word has the potential to not work in the healthiest of directions. So ACH is a friend of the show. He's been on. As a matter of fact, we hadn't talked about this, but right now we're sitting on an interview with ACH that we did about three weeks ago that we've not been able to release because we've been waiting for the... um, the go-ahead from the guys in Connecticut. Uh, listen, I, I am very outspoken about uh, racial injustice. I saw the T-shirt. I agree with the world. It is bad. It is terrible. It is. It it it, it is. Th- there's no word to describe how offensive it is. With that said, my hopes. Would that would be that ACH would not be so quick to be a martyr, but more so a game changer. The reason why I say that is because often anger fuels us to say, I want to die for this. Well, the guys who really make make change are not the ones who say I'll die for this, but the ones who say I'll live for this. And living may cause you to have to play the back channels, have private conversations. The shirt was so bad that the culture would have fallen for him. Yeah. Yep. So he didn't have to risk uh, future possibilities or endeavors 
to get his statement across because truth be told guys like us on the faction would have been loud about it yeah we would have created some heat behind it but you take the opportunity from us and then when your anger gets involved and twitter fingers get involved the the clack just and you understand you, you just start saying things you really don't mean it's the truth it's the truth and i think right now he's trying to backpedal because he has bills Listen, that four-letter word with the S on the end comes around every month. That thing will sober you back up quick. It will. It will. Because even if you have a few thousand dollars in savings, you're calculating already January is going to be tough. Man. So, Clank, here, here's my question for, for you. You and I have had long, lengthy conversations pertaining to uh, wrestlers, sports people. Would you consider this very close to what happened with the Houston Rockets? I would, um, but it, it to me, it's got a bit of a different twinge because it is directly impacting the speaker. It, it, do me a favor. Give everybody uh, the, my man's name from the Houston Rockets. Daryl Morey. Okay, And uh, basically he was speaking Off of an injustice that he felt Was happening to people around the world It did not have a direct Impact on him And he has admitted that he did not have All of the facts He basically just did not appreciate What he did have access to Whereas ACH This thing got his whole name on it So I'm not nearly As Annoyed or disappointed in ACH as I was in Daryl Morey. That's huge. I, I, I figured it would probably be the other way, other way around. The thing that grabbed me, GB, and you, you can lean on lean, lean in on, on this. It, the fact that I, everybody calls out Vince, but he called out Triple H and then posted the email. Yeah. Oh. I don't know how problematic that seems to you. You know, this is such an interesting time in our country because. Uh, racial sensitivity is very very real Um, and regardless of whatever your political affiliation is you cannot deny that there is severe racial tension in this country to the point where anything can trigger it Um, it's interesting because uh, if you remember and and many may not this t-shirt actually became public in mid-September when NXT moved to USA. When that happened, there were about 30 t-shirts that dropped and their designs were all super duper basic. Like there were no likenesses of these uh, wrestlers. There were no images. It reminded me of the logos that they created like in the 80s, you know, for wrestlers. Every wrestler had like their own little logo. Um, But it was so generic. And so, you know, here's here's what I wonder. Uh, When WWE says, hey, he approved it, um, you and I all know that sometimes things that we were told we were that we approved, we didn't even know that we approved. You know, yeah. like yep. you'll sign off on something and you don't know that's what you're signing off on because maybe there's small print. Maybe there's a piece of it that hasn't been seen. Um, my concern with all of this is what is the ultimate end game? Like, what's the goal? 
you know like uh and and it's weird that this is happening at the same time that kirk franklin is in the middle of a boycott of gma tbn um dove awards and all associated things my question for all of it is what is our goal what is it yes. that we're trying to accomplish what is it that says if this happens this is a win so my question in all of this because you know when you look at it and here's what's funny when i first saw the designs for all those shirts i passed it off because i was like they're all generic i would never buy this i never yeah. even really like looked for real for real which is probably why they sold no shirts in the first place so my thought is this i do believe that something needs to be said about a design that definitely has racial overtones to it i don't think there's any denying that it doesn't help that they have him all he does is smile like that's there's a lot of racial overtones to that as well um the challenge is how do we address this booker t made a very interesting point on his podcast oh where here booker we go t, where booker t was asked about this because apparently Booker T's name has been brought into this somehow. And Booker T, his feelings were, um, you know, basically what happens in a company should stay in a company. Meaning, um, if something happens at our jobs that we don't like, you bring it to the boss, but you don't take it to the consumers. Because the consumers don't really have any say one way or the other. And my thought is, again, what's the end game? Is the end game getting another shirt design? Is the end game getting a better spot in the company? What's the end game? Now, where this looks so intriguing is, you know, he won the uh, NXT breakout tournament, which I just thought was amazing. He got a title shot uh, against Adam Cole. And then after that, we haven't seen him anymore. And then there's this particular issue, which in my mind, I'm like, okay, how does this end? Because breaking out emails within the company, calling, and I'm going to say this, and, and I'm, I'm very serious about this. I think we should always be careful before we throw the racist card at anybody. I liken yep. that to calling somebody a sex offender. Like, it's one of those things that really attacks a person's character that you kind of can't come back from. It's one of the reasons we don't like Hulk Hogan right now is because they attach that racism card to him, and it's hard to come back from that. And so I, I don't know what the end game is here, and I would love to know what the desired goal is. It, what is it? You know, and how are we moving toward it with the current action? Because here's what I'm, I'm ultimately concerned about. I'm concerned that all of this is going to lend itself to uh, a, a future endeavors. And it may not even be a future endeavors. And I don't want that for him. I feel like he's worked so hard and deserves the opportunity to be on this stage. But these kinds of activities, I, I don't know what to do with it. Who is the tough one? This it is, is tough. tough one. It is tough. Uh, I think you're muted. Yeah, I, I, I find myself conflicted, man, because a day ago he issued that uh, that 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 uh, I don't know if it was a apology, if you will, 
uh, it started out rather apologetic. Well, I'm not certain yeah, what it is. It's not. It's yeah. It, it was more of a, a statement of defiance, I think. Yeah. And then, I'm apologizing because I have to. Well, and it's yeah. not even a real apology because it's it's. I apologize for not caring. And you know, one hour ago, we find him on Twitter with this gif he's made or gif. Uh, uh, with him laughing, writing, reading these replies from people I don't know and don't care about, uh, him stating this isn't a cap movement. This is this is a Kanye movement. This isn't me being a hater. This is me being real. Uh, collect you, you again. You know I stand on the forefront of this conversation. I, I'm just scared of the vehicle he's using. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody's uh, got to get in his ear. ACH, if you're listening, man, call Courtney. Listen, I, you, you know, hey, I, I will make myself available and come to where you are yeah. because I think this thing right here really has to jump on things. Uh, listen, I'm, I'm going to move the conversation uh, just ahead of quick moment. Uh, Saudi Arabia this weekend, we all know it's the crown jewel conversation. Crown jewel, the pay-per-view from Saudi Arabia where they gave WWE so much money where they're going to host their very first women's match over in Saudi Arabia. And it looks like we have Lacey Evans versus your girl, Natty. Does this excite you? Is this monumental? The first one in the country's history. What does this make you think about? Uh, not much. Uh, I'm not very excited about it. Um, but I do think that it is historic because I can imagine that in that particular country that they are not always, what's the word I want to use, um, forthright in allowing things like this to happen. I would not be surprised if people are forced to boo even yeah. if they don't mean the boo yeah so as, as long as the girls don't take it personally i think that they just need to go and make history i'm with you this is a historical moment ladies don't uh take it badly if they start booing you you are making and breaking and shaping history right now with that saying we gotta pay some bills we're gonna go to a rebel's heart by johnny gargano the theme song by cfo you're listening to the faction on bonafide radio that's radio the way it's supposed to be this is a total package lex luger and you are turned into the faction
And now an announcement. Ladies and gentlemen. Look, everyone. Belle and Ebenezer are in love. No, silly. Is in the building. <laughs> you can now listen to Bonafide Radio, courtesy of our new mobile app. Available for the iPod, iPad, and iPhone. Come on, you can do Find it. out the latest news, check out our podcast, or listen to us live. Listen. Right now on your phone. Why, yeah. Download the app today via the iTunes App Store by searching for Bonafide Radio or at iPhone.bonafideradio.com. I'm living in that 21st century. We got something to say. Listen. Would you like to take your business or service to the next level? Yeah. Consider adding Bonafide Radio to your marketing plan. Can't wait. We will gladly share your product with our listeners in a creative, efficient, affordable, and professional manner. This is so gnarly. For more information, scroll to the bottom of our website and click Advertise. Uh-huh. Or email us directly at sales at getbonafide.com. I know you're going to dig this. This is Tracy Lynn, and I want you to take a journey with me through the jazzy side of Bonafide Radio. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m., tune in to Melodic Grooves right here on GetBonafide.com or via the Bonafide Radio app. Bonafide Radio, radio the way it's supposed to be. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Rebel Heart. That's Johnny Gargano's theme music, CFO. GB, give us some news. All right, so we left off. We were talking about uh, this big move that's happening in Saudi Arabia tomorrow, the first ever women's match between uh, Natalia and um, uh, Lacey Evans. And um, my thoughts very, very briefly is I think um, I think for WWE, this is something that they're going to count as uh, a goal met, because if we remember when they first jumped into this uh, Saudi Arabia deal, one of their goals was to have a women's match. Um, they felt like they had the power to change that. And I remember us talking about it, thinking that that was a really lofty goal for them to impact culture in that way. But they have, which I think uh, there's a lot to be said for it. And given the backdrop, to me, again, there's a lot of irony. The irony of getting the women's match on Saudi Arabia with the backdrop of being considered racist in the United States, none of that is lost on me. Um, And I just think that for them to be able to make a culture shift in a place like Saudi Arabia is a big deal. It's a very big deal. It's it's huge. It's really huge. Remember, the very first time that they aired Crown Jewel, they accidentally showed a commercial with the women in it, and it was an uproar. They got in big trouble for that. So, obviously, they can be trusted, and I feel like it's more than a money thing. You know, it's more than a money thing to be able to be trusted to change social norms. So, congratulations to WWE. I'm wondering, though, GP and Clack, mm-hmm. what will the women be wearing when they wrestle? Oh, I'm certain I know what they're going to wear. I know what they're going to wear. Yeah. Think about this. If you go back to when they had the, the first women's match in Abu Dhabi, uh, and it was Sasha Banks against... Um, uh, uh, oh God! Why is her name escaping me? Uh, she was the women's champ, uh, Alexa Bliss. There it is. Um, in their match, they were both fully clothed. Um, they had you know bu- literal body suits on. They were fully clothed. I fully expect 
these two ladies to be fully clothed with only their face as skin showing and hands uh i'm I'm looking at at things of the women's sports division in uh in saudi arabia and they are wearing the traditional saudi arabian head headgear yeah so i don't know how they're gonna do it but um which which also makes me wonder the kind of match it will be you know i was just gonna say that I, i don't i don't see them having even the freedom of moves that they would have in WWE now it, I'm sorry go ahead it may be a squash match well I think I think it's going to be a slow paced match because if they have more gear on it's going to be harder to do stuff but then again you're not looking at two high flyers you're not looking at two luchadors both of them have a strong ground game it's basically a right hand against a submission move um, I think Natalia wins um, I think there's no way that, um, you know, uh, Lacey Evans walks out of there as the winner because if you're going to promote this women's match, good has to de- to defeat evil. So just my thoughts, yeah. but it's not time for those predictions yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, some, I, I, some... We're holding that to you. Well, hold, hold right. You basically made a prediction. We, we've we got a bunch of other things I want to see if we can touch on. Um, first of all, in NXT last week, the world was shocked with the sudden heel turn of one Finn Balor um, as yeah. he gave a, a picture-perfect kick. Oh, my God. It was just unbelievable. The Pele kick he gave yep. to Johnny Gargano. Um, what are your thoughts on, on Finn going heel? Uh, first of all, that kick was so disrespectful. <laughs> I, 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 I just do not know how to feel about a no-look kick mm-hmm. that betrays somebody. You can't just trick somebody. And look, man, he kicked him so hard in the head, I thought he had a concussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The way he fell out yeah. and he, like, slowly touched his face, yeah. I was like, man, man, you tripping, man. You you hit him with the tip of your shoe. And, and, you could have killed him. And then he, did, then he dropped him on his head. I was like, yeah. what, is, what is going on in NXT? Yeah. I mean, I know we want to be AEW in ratings, but I don't want anybody to die. <laughs> <laughs> that was AEW quality. That was, a, that was a death kick, man. It was. Like, I, I'm literally going to try that. Christabel is asleep right now. But when she gets up and we get ready to go to church tonight, I'm going to try that kick on her and, and just see what happens. Well, uh, I, I hope you make it to church. <laughs> oh my gosh Courtney what'd you think of the heel turn listen Sports Illustrated Bleacher Report Pro Wrestling Sheet Mandatory.com Wrestling Inc the world was talking about the kick heard around the world by one Finn Balor now let me calm down and say this what precision mm-hmm what precision. Mm-hmm. If you are the technical producer of NXT and you're the camera operator, you leave that kick on loop for six months yeah. <laughs> in the center. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, guys, I feel like we saw more from Finn with that kick than I've seen in six months to combined. You know, it's, I it's, agree. it's interesting when you are kind of allowed to be yourself. And for those who don't remember historically, Finn was known as Prince Devitt in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, he was definitely not a fan favorite, and he was the originator of the Bullet Club. And he was lethal 
And so we never, ever saw that here stateside until last week. And holy cow. It was amazing. And you want to know what sold it e- even more? Tommaso Ciampa. He did. He didn't move. He just looked at it like, not my problem. Wait, is my problem. Yeah. Wait, I don't know who's problem it is. It was so stunning. Like, I saw it and was like, wait, what just happened? Like, it took a second for it to register. And then, I could, and then again, they left us with more questions. So did this mean that he was going to be part of the Undisputed Era? Because the Undisputed Era was giving him the sign as he was outside the ring. Like, it was just a lot that happened that I thought, man, you know, we talk about storytelling and what we love. NXT just crushed it. They crushed it. So this leads me to ask this question because, you know, over the years, uh, matter of fact, throughout this year, we've seen a number of heel turns. Sasha Banks, we saw earlier at the top of the year, uh, Ronda Rousey. We've seen uh, a number of heel turns happen throughout the year. Um, For you, historically, what have been, say, your most memorable heel turns? Give me, say, two or three if you can think of any. Oh, it, the the greatest heel turn ever, Hulk Hogan, Hulk turning heel, and, and turned his back on the whole WCW. I mean, we, it, it, we didn't see it coming. Hmm. Hmm. Probably the greatest one ever. Hmm. The one that, that probably broke my heart the most was watching the Horseman turn on Sting. Mm-hmm. I remember that they put Sting out for several months. Yeah. So so to me, Hogan turning on uh. The entire world is the number one heel turn. Hmm. Do you have any others? Uh, Yeah, there's a more classic, more relevant Attitude Era one. When Stone Cold evolved into what? Hmm. What? (laughs) That was a big one um, during WrestleMania. I will never forget before he embarked upon the what, he joined forces with Vince McMahon and I literally died and my mom brought me back. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that was a big one. I mean, WrestleMania 17 uh, in Houston in the middle of the ring against The Rock. Like, we all were just like, what are we seeing here? You know? Don't, don't forget Sean turning on Marty. I remember that. That was a very big one. That was an iconic one. And that was one that of That was actually really sad for me. Okay. It was sad. Yeah. And it was interesting, too, because, you know, at that time, Marty Jannetty was considered to be the strength of The Rockers. Uh, he was. Shawn, Shawn yeah. Michaels was not the breakout star, yet that heel turn ultimately led to an unbelievable Hall of Fame-like career for uh, Shawn Michaels. Ironically, nobody mentioned the heel turn that may have impacted me the most growing up, and that was Andre the Giant turning heel against Hulk Hogan in Piper's Pit. I yeah, think that was that was yeah. a significant one because Andre, yeah. we had never known him as a bad guy at that point, and he was always yeah. so lovable, always so kind. Didn't want to be the world champion. Now he's aligning himself with Bobby Heenan. He rips Hulk Hogan's shirt. He makes him bleed. Like it's just, hey, <laughs> hey, I was pissed when he ripped that shirt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just stirred up something, GB. I'm still angry about it that was, thing. It was significant. It was significant. And, and again, all these heel turns, strangely enough that we've mentioned, all have ha- had uh, real value to them. We've seen heel turns done that didn't really mean anything, you know, where they were uh, they were forgiven in three weeks or whatever. But these really ended up being career changers for sure. And 
I, I, I'll tell you what, uh, one more. When Sergeant Slaughter turned. That was significant. Yeah, that was. That was significant, particularly during the time that, because it was a war and it was just a lot, and it didn't bode well for him. He got several death threats and, and the like. It was yeah. pretty serious. And I'll give you two honorable mentions. Scott Steiner turning. Okay, I remember that. And the Gino Hernandez, Chris Adams one. I remember that too. I think that Chris Adams one probably had the greater impact in terms of in the moment with the fans than a Scott Steiner one did. Can oh, we bring in WrestleMania 5 Macho Man Randy Savage well, his, but his turn was before then. His turn was during that uh, Saturday or during that main event on that Friday oh, night when uh, he beat up Hogan for uh, lusting after Elizabeth, which I still think. This was a teeny weeny, eeny weeny little yellow hey, bikini. Can we agree that if Bobby Lashley was playing around with Elizabeth, Savage would have beat the brakes off him? Well, Savage, Savage would kill him. him. <laughs> Savage would have killed, killed him. him. No, I'm like. He'd have killed him. I mean, like, Bro, killed him. I just had fear come over me. Listen, one thing I would Savage never do, I would never play with anything that belonged to Macho Man Savage. Never, ever, ever. And, and, and listeners, if you're listening, Viceland yes. documentary, yes. When, when Savage thought Miss Elizabeth left him. Good Lord. Jesus. Good Lord. Good Lord. It was just, ugh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Why'd you even bring that up, Clyde? <sighs> Listen, and, and I'm telling you, Jake the Snake would have uh, murdered Bobby Lashley, too. Oh. Like he tried to do Rick Rude. Oh, my Lord. Oh. Yeah. That, no. Yeah. 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 So, you know, another, another interesting thing happening in the world of WWE is, you know, we talked about this a few, maybe a few months ago now, when WWE was talking about getting into the land of podcasting. Uh, well, it's official. They've launched their first official podcast. The first episode uh, dropped today, actually. It's a brand new podcast called After the Bell, ATB, and it's hosted by Corey Graves. Um, lots of interesting folks on there this week, including uh, Triple H and uh, Ric Flair. And uh, also on there is Seth Rollins. Uh, I caught a clip of Ric Flair, or not Ric Flair, of Triple H talking about um, how what, what the move is like when people are uh, lifted from NXT to go to Raw and SmackDown. Very interesting conversation. But I do have this one question. Do we believe in WWE in the podcast game? No, not at all. Not at all. WWE has opened up several doors and backpedaled on them after the fans have longed for it. I.E. Stone Cold's podcast. Which I hear is actually coming back to the WWE Network. Booker T. Sitting down with JBL. All of those things we loved, we watched after Talking Smack. Mm-hmm. To me, Talking Smack made SmackDown relevant. Yeah. And then there was something after Raw, something like that. Raw talk. All mm-hmm. of those Raw talk, all of those things that have been good for the culture in, in the wheelhouse of podcasts, they've not committed to. So I'm not committed to you. Hmm. Okay. Clack, what do you think about WWE in the podcast game? Um, let me say it like this. Uh, I am committed to Turkey on Thanksgiving, but I love and embrace my whole family as a whole. 
loves fried turkey on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I think that I am committed to the podcast with WWE written on it as a whole. But we don't want a baked turkey. We want a fried turkey. Mm. And we are as crispy as it comes. That's right. WWE, if you want the spice on your turkey, you gotta let you they should let us do it. I agree. And and they I don't see what the hold up is. And they need to let us be us. Like let us have the conversations that people want to hear. Because here's where I think it's problematic. Um, I think people already look at WWE as the big bad corporate wolf. And so when you have like a Corey Graves hosting, which I love Corey Graves, but Corey Graves is a voice that's already familiar. He's somebody who we know is WWE. I think if you bring in guys like us who know about WWE, who love WWE, but will bring a degree of authenticity to it, I think it's a whole game changer. So. We'll see, but uh, definitely the podcast is available. You can certainly check it out wherever you get your podcast. Switching gears to AEW. Big night for AEW tonight as AEW will crown its first ever AEW World Tag Team Champions. The finalists in the tournament. This is going to be something. It's the team of SCU against the Lucha Brothers for the AEW Tag Team Championships. Now, of course, the tournament has been going on for a couple of weeks. We've seen some upsets with uh, Private Party, for instance, defeating the Young Bucks and some other uh, pretty significant matches happening there. Um, I do want to ask this question. If you've been watching uh, AEW Dynamite and you've been watching the Tag Team Division, what are your thoughts on the Tag Team Division there? And are they really... Uh, as different as they set out to be, or at least as they said they were going to be uh, back in January. They are. Okay. They actually are. Okay. They've actually held up and done their part as tag team. As a matter of fact, one of the things I see people talking about the most is their tag team division. Okay. Uh, you know, we're not talking about the women's division because God, Becky, no. two bills out on, Becky two bills out on social media and said, uh, I will mop the floor with you guys. Well, the other thing was Jr. said she's the best woman in the business, and she responded to him by saying, "Okay, good. Then tell everybody I'm going to beat your whole division." Go to that locker room and tell every woman now, whoop them in twice on Sunday. So it's not that, but as far as the tag team division, they have this thing down. Now it's not it's not missed on me that they also have behind the scenes. Uh, 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 Billy Gunn to me, one of the greats to be a part of a tag team. Sure. They have an Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard hanging around, one of the greats to be on a tag team. Mm-hmm. They have the Young Bucks, probably one of the greatest that we've seen of this era, which is why I think the Usos are trying so hard to get out of their contract because they want to go to where the party's happening at. So I definitely believe in this and call me what you want. I really would love to see Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky win this thing. Okay. 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 Clack, what do you think? I think that the Usos should not be invited to any more parties. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, you, you could have a point there. Wow. I didn't mean that. I don't care how you meant it. They don't need to party. They don't need a cake. They don't need a camp. They don't need nothing. They don't need nothing where there's other people coming to smile. That's nothing. so funny. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Oh, um, Jesus. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I'll say this. I think the match should be very, very entertaining tonight. I do I have one issue with AEW. Uh-oh. Here it comes. 
got an issue with AEW. Watch yourself, GB. So the thing that makes an album great is that you don't have 12 tracks that sound exactly alike. There needs to be tracks on there. There needs to be highs. There needs to be lows. There needs to be something that's mid. You need to have something. Everything can't be, you know, slow. Everything can't be fast. Everything can't be high energy. There has to be a break in there and something that delineates we have moved from this song to this song, yet allowing the album to be cohesive. My issue with AEW is this. If your entire tag team division acts like they are the Young Bucks, then if everybody's the Young Bucks, then nobody's the Young Bucks. The whole thing that made the Young Bucks spectacular is that they're able to do all these moves and that was bounced against everybody else being quote-unquote regular or vanilla. Now every tag team they have is doing 17 flips. They're doing moves out of nowhere. And I and I want to do a separate uh, quick takes on this one topic. Overusing a move. Okay? When you take, Which move is overused? I think well, the move that was once known as the Canadian Destroyer is overused that move by itself should end careers remember when the pile driver used to be banned in certain places because it was so dangerous now we're basically talking about doing a sunset pile driver and people are just getting up and walking (laughs) away from it right that's true and and you have everybody doing it I promise you Keith Lee just did it last week I'm like, wait a minute. No I'm like, I'm serious. It, it is, it is to me when we start over. And I don't want to sound like Jim Cornette on here, but I think the whole idea is if everybody's doing it, it's not special. It reminds me of how the DDT was diluted back in the. Oh 80s, man, the DDP used to be, DDT used to be special. It used to be special because only Jake did it, and then other people started doing it. And now instead of it being a finisher it's a prelude to a finisher or it's just another move in here you 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 can't do that and i think this is AEW's Achilles heel everybody's flipping everybody's doing ridiculous stuff so now you have to be over the top so now there's the canadian destroyer that has to come off the top of the ladder through a table Okay, so now that we've did, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of, and Clack's gonna love this and hate it at the same time. It reminds me of what happened uh, in in the '90s during the Attitude Era with the Hell in a Cell matches. When the first Hell in a Cell match, they found themselves climbing to the top, and if you'll notice, um, uh, Sean climbed back down and fell from halfway down. Boy, that was a yep. big deal. But then when we got to all the other things that would happen that would lead to, you know, the big 98 match with Undertaker and Mankind, where, where they start the match on the top. Okay, so if you start the match on the top, and in the first two minutes you throw somebody off the top at full velocity, and then you climb back to the top and choke slammed him through the center, what you have now done is you have set the bar so insanely high for what's next nobody can follow that match in terms of a hell in a cell match and so they literally had to take hell in a cell away 
so they can reset the narrative. But here's the problem. The thing was so spectacular that every other Hell in a Cell match has been looked at as subpar compared to what Undertaker and Mankind did. My concern is AEW has raised the bar already so high with the level of danger that I don't know what you do next to to cap to captivate people since everybody's already doing flips and everybody's already doing insane moves and what do you do next i think they need to figure out a way to tell the story without 75 high spots so that when you do a high spot it is actually something special because right now it's too common i can see that uh guys the hell in the cell needs to be smaller yeah, well, I think part of the reason that they made it so large was to make it impossible for people to climb up and for you to throw people off of. But they had to do that to try to keep it in the ring. I, it, it's it's all the fault of what happened with Undertaker Mankind. But I think we need somebody to be thrown off every time. But 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 that's because of what happened. Yeah. See, the bar was set so yeah. high. Like like for instance, do you guys remember? Uh, it was a six-pack challenge inside Hell in a Cell. I think it was 2000, and it was Kurt Angle defending the WWE Championship. And you had Stone Cold, The Rock, Triple H, Undertaker, and Rikishi all in there. And Rikishi ends up climbing up to the top of the cage, and we're all trying to figure out. We're watching the match to see who's going to fall off the top of the cage. And all of a sudden, Vince McMahon gets in a truck. And back the yep. truck up to Hell in a Cell. And the bed of the truck has a bunch of hay in it. So now yep. Rikishi can fall into the hay to soften his fall. And we all looked at it as, darn, that was whack. Skip the fact that you had six of the top wrestlers ever in the Wait. business in this Wait. thing. GB. Yes. You thought that was whack? Absolutely. You know why? I watched that match once a month. No, no, no. I thought, that the, I thought it was whack because of the fall. Because oh. you knew that nobody was going to get severely hurt. Mankind almost died. Nobody was going to almost die again. He, 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 he almost died. Like, he Yo, almost... We almost lost Foley. Like, for real. We almost lost him. <laughs> <sighs> Nobody's trying to have that Man, happen. Man, we, we all owe Foley at least, like, 15 cents. Like, everybody we, listen, we that do. Listen, so... Before. When we're watching him stutter, is because he gave him between that fall and them doggone chair shots. <laughs> and remember, he fell twice. Yeah, because he uh, fell through the cage, and then the 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 foot of the chair hit him in the head. That could have gouged his eye out. Strike up the band, fully paid it all. <laughs> Let me just say that. Yeah. Question: Who's taking more punishment, Flair or Foley? Foley. Foley. Flair has been cut more, but Foley has taken way more punishment. Foley's put his body on the line. Foley, Foley yeah. was doing death matches in Japan. Yeah, this, this here's the thing. They were doing death matches that weren't on tape. That right. would change the late of the conversation. Oh, we ain't taping this. Right. Oh, nah, fam. Right. And t- tonight ain't no death match. Listen, <laughs> listen. 
Hey, guys, here's a question that I have, and maybe the listeners can answer this, because, GB, you nailed something that we old-time wrestling fanatics love. There are moves that used to be sacred ground. If you had to choose three moves that become sacred ground again that were finishes, what are they? I want to give you guys a chance to answer that right after this break. Think about that. When we come back from the break, we're going to answer that question. We're going to recap Monday Night Raw, and we're going to preview crown jewel the pay-per-view that goes down tomorrow in saudi arabia but right now let's shine let's shine real good with bianca belair's theme song coming from cfo this is the faction powered by bonnerfied radio i got a lot left in the tank what's up guys this is mark here the world's strongest man and you're tuned in to the faction i'm on my own Against the wall, the pressure's building, but no, I will never fall. Instead of crying, they hear me roar, and now I see that I'm way better than before. I never needed you at all. Think I fall down, I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. I never needed you at all. Think I fall down, I'ma watch you fall down. I'm living large now. You at all. 
Stanley Martin Lieber in New York City in 1922, Lee entered the comic book world as a teenage assistant in 1939. Stanley Lieber was the Joe Jackson of comic books. Mm. I don't even know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, just, I, I almost think he was greater than a Joe Jackson. I know, ain't nobody greater than Joe Jackson now. Wait a minute. That's when you messed up. Oh, 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 no, 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 no. Why you did that? Wait, why you did that? What? I don't know why you did that, GB. Why you did that? Dan Lee had a whole universe down in in his head and his in his mind. James. James. The remix on Bonafide Radio. We hear Thursdays, 2 p.m. Eastern. Here on Bonafide Radio. Radio the way it's supposed to be. Exclusively on the remix. Don't miss it. Don't miss it at all. We are the faction. Yo, it's not a faction without the facts, son. Welcome back to the Faction Powered by Bonafide Radio. You were just listening to Watch Me Shine, Bianca Belair's theme music CFO. GB, you got to answer that question, man. Uh, so in case you guys missed it, before we went to the break, Courtney asked a really powerful question. And the question is, which, you know, finishing moves should be deemed sacred in pro wrestling, meaning that those moves are only reserved to be finishers that can only be used perhaps by one or two people, the originator, etc., etc. Um, for me, one of them has to be the tombstone. Yes, I think that should belong exclusively to the Undertaker or Kane, whichever ones. But nobody else should be doing that. I feel like the power bomb is another one that should be an exclusive move. It's a dangerous move that really applied to super powerful people, you know, um, and these moves should not be setups to other moves. 
a third one, uh, which I think is still a finisher. I don't know that I see people using it as a warm-up, but I think the figure four should be sacred. Um, oh. The figure four, I, I don't know if you've ever been in it or if you've ever put somebody in it, but I've been in it, and that joint hurts. Yeah. I've been on both sides of yeah. it. It, it, it. One side is great. The other side sucks. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so those are three. I'm going to leave some of the others to you guys because I have a couple of others, but I'll, I'll leave the others to you. Uh, Clack, what do you think should be deemed uh, as sacred in a, in a movie that shouldn't be touched? Stunner. Rock bottom. Sweet Tim music. Now, you know the rock bottom was an issue because you had that and then you had the bookend from – um, uh, from Booker T, all Booker of which T. really are the Uranagi, as it's called in Japan, and I don't know who originated it first. So. Whoa! That's why you're the encyclopedia. Oh, exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Good lord! Uh, for me, is the DDT or any variation of it? Yeah. Uh, it is also going to be the power bomb and any variation of it. Mm-hmm. And we don't see it often, but the DDT, I mean, not the DDT, but the pile driver. Yeah, and any variation of it. In any variation of that. Because Now, if I had to have an honorable mention, it's going to be uh, Sweet Chin Music. Yes. You know what's interesting about Sweet Chin Music? It started off as a Savat kick or a Crescent kick. Um, Crescent kick. Crescent kick. It was, if you played wrestling video games back in the day, mm-hmm. your right. finisher could be the crescent kick. Exactly. Yep. And one of the first that I saw to use it was the gentleman Chris Adams. Um, Chris Adams, and, shout out. And That's Crescent one show he's gotten his name out here. It is. And interestingly enough, if you go back to, and I know Clack knows this, if you go back to old Shawn Michaels matches, first of all, he would use that mat move in a match, not as the finisher. That's right. And he would end up finishing with this kind of teardrop suplex. That would be more of his finisher, and it ultimately merged. And I think it wasn't long after he hit that uh, super kick on uh, – super kick is another name for it uh, – when he hit the super kick, uh, which now leads us to the super kick party that happens with the Young Bucks where it super kicks everywhere, which is why that move has somewhat been diluted. So, yeah. interesting. Shout out Shawn Michaels, January 7, 2012. Someone asked him on Twitter, where did you get the super kick? And Shawn Michaels was very upfront and said, came from the late, great gentleman Chris Adams. Shout out for honesty well, on I Twitter. I tell you. I tell you. <laughs> gentleman Chris Adams. Maybe we need to do a whole podcast on the impact of Gentleman Chris Adams. That would be really sick. Here's the thing. Clack is from Texas and wouldn't know a thing about Gentleman Chris Adams. Oh. I have no clue. No clue. See? Well, in fairness to Clack, though, Gentleman Chris Adams might have either been on the end of his run. Well, no, he was in WC. Yeah, he he might have. He just might have missed that era in Texas wrestling. Because I remember he did go to uh, WCW for a while before he passed away. Uh, It's true. It's true. Well, let's do this. You know, the the wrestling industry uh, and all of its changes at the top of October certainly changed a lot of our format for our show. But one thing it hasn't changed is the Raw recap. Courtney. Give us the update on this week's episode of Raw. WWE Raw was live from the Enterprise Center in St. Louis, Missouri, which we formerly knew as the Kill Center. And you remember it because it did host the Raw is Owen after the death of Owen Hart. 
But last night, things picked up really well when the ladies decided, hey, we're going to give a little bit of Kabuki to Paige when the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, Kabuki Warriors, attacked Paige. And then the Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, defeated Kyrie Sane. Buddy Murphy defeated R-Truth. Ricochet defeated Drew McIntyre via DQ. Raw Tag Team Champions, the Viking Raiders, defeated the Chicago Cubs. That was hilarious. Andrade defeated Sin Cara. Charlotte Flair and Natalya defeated the Iconics. Universal Champion Seth Rollins defeated Eric Rowan in a false count anywhere after they stole the premise of AEW's Cody Rhodes and Christopher Jerome Jericho fighting all over the place, all in the stands. All out there in the Dippin' Dot Station. United States Champion AJ Styles defeated Humberto Carrillo. And Lana accused Rusev of getting it on with somebody else and having infidelity on King's Court before Rusev attacked Lashley. Beat him with the wedding ring. She beat him with the stick. He kept beating on him. And then he got distracted and Lashley beat on him a little bit. And then he kissed that man's uh, wife in the middle of the ring. And then uh, uh, Macho Man Savage shot him. Uh, <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot of meat getting beat. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Brandy Clack for the win. Now that's a game changer, folks. Oh boy! Oh, boy. oh my god! Ew.
Saudi Arabia. It's time to get our predictions. And uh, it is late in the game in terms of determining a title contender. Um, oh, wait. Courtney is... Cor- Courtney's holding I'm getting up. it back. Well... I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw this out there. I did want to do a crown jewel uh, championship match, uh, and I don't know if we should, but I know there are some folks in our faction faithful who already have a plan for Survivor Series, which we may get oh. into at some point. We'll see. Uh, I have something I want to work on. But let's let's talk about this card. Um, let's try to get some predictions as well. And we'll see what happens here. So we've got match by match predictions. I'm ready. Match by match predictions. As a matter of fact, I tell you what. I tell you what. Here's what we're going to do. Let's make this crown jewel thing really mean something, huh? So I I think we should make it a non-title match between Courtney and Clack. Oh. oh, you always no, no, got no. some. No, 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 no. Here's the oh, no. You okay? Oh, you want you want the title on the line? Yeah, I want my belt back. You want? I was gonna try to now. See, I was trying to save it for uh, what might be more in your favor. But if this is what you want, so be it. You should have just followed my direction. That's fine. So, man, I you, want my belt back. Okay, well, this is your shot. You're gonna get a title shot, which really it should be Josh Spiel's shot. But I'll give it to you. Um, so this is the shot for the Crown Jewel championship, or for the championship at Crown Jewel. Uh, here are the matches one by one. We'll start with the twenty-man battle royal, which I don't know. If I want to do this because I don't know who's going to be in the twenty-man battle royal. So let's not do that. But they're going to get a shot against AJ Styles for the U.S. Championship. So AJ Styles versus the winner of the battle royal for the U.S. Championship. Who do you think wins, AJ Styles or the winner of the battle royal? Uh, the champion, the, the champion goes first or last? Champion goes last. Is that right? That's it right. It definitely goes last. So, Courtney, you're up first. Uh, who wins this? AJ Styles or uh, the winner of the Battle Royal? AJ Styles. Clack, what do you say? AJ Styles. All right. All right. So now we've got uh, Mansoor, who's from NXT, who won the largest Royal Rumble in WWE history a few months ago, taking on Cesaro. Courtney. <sighs> I'm going to go with Cesaro. Okay. Clack. Cesaro. Okay. All right. Both of you go with Cesaro. Um, the uh, first ever women's match in Saudi Arabia. Uh, it is Natalia against Lacey Evans. Courtney. Natalia. Clack. Yeah, I gotta go with Natalia. Natalia. I'm never gonna win the belt back. <laughs> um, the largest tag team turmoil match in history to determine the World Cup winner and crown the best tag team in the world. The teams include the OC, the Revival, uh, Hawkins and Ryder, the Lucha House Party, uh, Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. The Raw Tag Champions, the Viking Raiders. You've got the New Day. You've got Heavy Machinery and uh, the B Team. Courtney, which team comes out as the winner of the Tag Team World Cup? The New Day. The New Day. Okay. Clack. Oh, man. 
I, I gotta say because it's just been so long. New day rock. Ah. New day rock. Okay. All yeah, right. I gotta, it's been too long. Yeah. All right. All right. New day it is. Um, next, we've got Team Hogan versus Team Flair. Team Hogan consists of uh, Roman Reigns, Rusev, Ricochet, Shorty G, and Ali. Team Flair has Randy Orton, uh, King Corbin, uh, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre. Courtney. Sadly, it should be Ric Flair, but it's probably going to be Team Hogan, so Team Hogan. Clack. I mean, just by sheer loyalty, I have to stick with my WWF native, Hulk Hogan. All right. Uh, Let's see here. We've got... All right. We've got Braun Strowman versus Tyson Fury. Courtney. Tyson Fury. Clack. Yeah, there's no way Tyson Fury's going to lose this. Tyson Fury. I'm right. never going to win this belt. The Universal Championship. Seth Rollins versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Falls count Ooh. anywhere, and the match cannot be stopped for any reason. Courtney. Oh. Um. Seth Rollins. Clack. Oh, God, that's so hard. Uh, I got to go with <laughs> Fiend. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Okay, all right. And the WWE Championship match, Brock Lesnar versus Kane Velasquez. Courtney. Brock Lesnar. Clack. Definitely Brock. Okay. So basically, this will all hinge on the Universal Championship match between Seth Rollins and The Fiend. We'll see whether or not uh, Courtney regains the championship. We all kind of know who the sentimental favorite for most is. Will Clack have his first successful title Wait a minute, defense? What are you trying to or say? will Courtney regain the championship? Uh, all that we'll find out tomorrow as we check out Crown Jewel special start time 1 p.m. Eastern here in the United States, 12 p.m. Central, 10 a.m. Pacific. All right, we're going to get out of here. Um, what a fun show today. Lots to talk about, so I hope we gave you a lot to chew on today. Uh, here's how you can reach out to us by way of social media. To the champ, Brandon Clack. Brandon J. Clack on all the social media platforms. Come talk to me soon. Courtney. Yeah, I'm still here, and I'll be the soon-to-be champ. FC Major Build on Instagram or Twitter. Courtney Beard on Facebook. I am your champion. And, uh, yeah, Courtney could be the first two-time champion in faction history. We'll oh, Courtney, two belts. Oh, boy. You can simply reach me at Bonnerfied. Until next time, and uh, certainly, hopefully, you're subscribed to what we're doing. Follow us on uh, all social media at The Faction Show. And make sure you subscribe to our podcast where we've got all sorts of fun features coming your way. Quick hits on a regular basis, interviews, and more. Until next time, it's Courtney, it's Clack, it's GB, and we are The Faction. <laughs>